Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time, it's time for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines, he's Randy Peterson, and we're here to talk all things Iowa State athletics for yet Another week, lots to talk about, including a former Cyclone on the verge of a Super Bowl appearance with the San Francisco 49ers. Randy will talk all about Brock Purdy and maybe maybe George Kittle bringing some little Hawkeye action into the uh, Cyclone Insider Radio Hour. Uh, But first, let's start with TJ Otzelberger's men's basketball program. Lost a winnable game over the weekend at Oklahoma State. Have a huge game tomorrow night with Kansas State coming to Hilton Coliseum with first place in the Big 12 on the line. Lots to talk about. Let's start first, though, with the news of the day, and then we'll maybe backtrack to Oklahoma State. Uh, But T.J. Otzelberger said today that Caleb Grill, who missed most of the second half Saturday against Oklahoma State, is most likely out against Kansas State on Tuesday night. He's been experiencing back tightness. He was wearing a brace throughout the second half uh, in Stillwater, uh, didn't practice today, and it sounds like Iowa State will be without one of its starting guards come Tuesday night when the Wildcats come to town. Yeah, that, and that's that's going to be a blow for Iowa State. Um, they need – you were there, Travis, on Saturday. They didn't exactly shoot the long ball um, the greatest. So Iowa State needs needs Caleb in there, but but they don't need him in there at the risk of – of hurting himself any any um anymore he's he's their leader in minutes he's their three point he he has the team's best three point percentage um yeah i i wish they could use him but but like i said don't don't use him at the expense of of anything down the road because this is just one game um yeah it's an important game it's a chance iowa state has to to regain a share of, of the big 12, but there's going to be a lot of these games this year, the way the big 12 is. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just it, with those back things. And I'm fortunate enough to have never had a back situation, um, which is, you know, knock on wood, but uh, I've heard how bad they can be. And, and, and all you, the only way to get over it is, is through rest. And, and, uh, um, and that's certainly, Probably the best the best move with uh, um, with 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 Caleb in this game. Um, Gabe's been been playing pretty well. Um, I mean, maybe he could pick up the slack, or or um, um, Holmes can pick can maybe pick up some slack there. And and uh, um, I guess we'll just we'll just see what happens. But uh, uh, and Jazz is not ready to go. TJ said today that jazz is probably a couple of weeks and jazz has always said i, I asked him at uh, at the oklahoma game i was chatting with him he's chatty he wants to talk i mean he, he's just bursting at the buttons to to be interviewed and i was talking to him before the game at, at oklahoma um actually both of us were listening to doc sadler talk ou assistant um but anyway jazz told me that he was shooting for February 4th, whatever it is, against um, Kansas at home. So we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, Iowa State's going to have to have other players step up um, tomorrow night if Iowa State's going to going to win. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things. And we've talked so much about how Iowa State maybe doesn't have a go-to player, although I think Gabe Kalsher is maybe 
having us rethink that that stance. But I think the way it stands now that Iowa State has so much versatility and has so many players that it's counting on is the I think there is a you know second half to that or the backside of that coin or the the other side to that uh sword is that while they're not counting on any one person is if you remove a piece or two piece pieces now with jazz and Caleb being sidelined that the interconnectedness of the whole operation gets a little bit wobblier because you can't just say, okay, Isaiah Brockington, we need you to go get us X amount more buckets with Caleb hurt. You can't say Tyrese Hunter, go get us more buckets. Can't say Lindell Wigginton, go get us more buckets that. And I think that's maybe the harder thing. And that maybe you have to say to Gabe Kalsher, we need you to get more buckets. We need you, Jaron Holmes to shoot the three a little bit better, but obviously the strength of this team offensively, and I think even defensively so much is that they're not counting on one person to do m- much more than they're comfortable or really good at consistently. And I think that's the the concern, I think, on both ends because Caleb, obviously his three-point shooting is important, but I do think he has grown into a really solid perimeter defender. You know, he's not on Kalsher's level, but I think he is a guy now in year two under this in, at Iowa State and even year three under coach TJ Otzelberger, when you go back to his year at UNLV, is a guy that plays this system defense really, really well. So you take him away from that. And again, I think just the inner, the level of interconnectedness for this team, you start taking away pieces. And obviously that puzzle, you, know, you see the holes in it. And I think that'll be the concern. But to Randy, to your point about the lingering issues of a back injury, Iowa State, in my opinion right now, is fortunate in that they have given themselves so much wiggle room to play with. You know, if they were sitting here with one or two Big 12 victories, I'm not saying that they would rush him back, but my guess would be Caleb would feel a bigger sense of urgency to get back quicker because you haven't played your way into the NCAA tournament yet. Now, obviously, if Iowa State loses out the rest of the way, they're probably not making the NCAA tournament. But honestly, if they win two more games, they're probably in three more games, four more games. Like, they have so much wiggle room to play with where maybe you know you're sacrificing a game or two on the front end but you need Caleb Grill for the same reasons we both just outlined for the long haul here and for the home stretch that you've got to take the hit on the front end to get him on the back end where maybe you know the concern would be okay now are you giving up or how much harder are you making it to get a spot in Des Moines? But I think that's got to be secondary to getting Caleb healthy because those back injuries can be so pernicious because, you know, when you're a shooter, like Caleb Grill, if your back is messed up, like that is going to just destroy your mechanics. And I thought his mechanics I noticed in the first half of that game didn't look good to me where he wasn't really able to get his hips around on some of those shots coming off threes or excuse me, coming off screens. So I do think it's going to be paramount for them to get him as healthy as possible and to keep him as sturdy as possible for when you get into mid and late February, where if you're grinding that back down, that that's going to be a problem for Iowa State. And you even saw it, you know, without Caleb in the second half on Saturday, maybe we can talk a little bit about Saturday now, Randy, is that you had Taman in foul trouble early. You didn't have Caleb in the second half and Iowa state's guard play, I thought really struggled because of that, just because you're putting people out of position. And I think that was a big reason why Iowa state struggled offensively against an elite, excellent Oklahoma state defense. But if you've got Caleb and you've got Taman not in foul trouble, I think they're probably able to handle that a little bit better. 
But man, like you look at Saturday, that's one Iowa State is going to want back, I think, at the end of the year to blow a 16 point lead and not be able to close that out when you had chances down the stretch to either hold the lead or retake it. That's one. It doesn't hurt you. There's not a lot of damage done. But man, you look at it like what could have been if you're a game out of, you know, whatever seed in the Big 12 tournament or a game out of a seed come the NCAA tournament. Like that's one where you look at me like, ah, could have had that one. Yeah. And I noticed um, in that game, from afar, obviously, I was watching on TV. Um, the multiple roles that Jaron Holmes is, is is playing. When Tama got in foul trouble, Jaron slid over to to point guard. Um, when it was obvious Caleb was hurting um, from the back, that he actually initially hurt it against Texas late in the game. Um, Jaron then then became a a, a long range. Um, um, potential scoring threat, and in that in that vein, an hour and a half or so, maybe longer, maybe two hours after um, we were done talking to Holmes this morning in Ames after practice, he was back on the hill. I walked out around the the Hilton Court. He was out. He was still out there. He was out there shooting, and I said, I said, wow, this is dedication. He ate. He they practiced. He did his media thing with us. He ate and then, you know, kind of hung out in the locker room for a while and then and then went out and and shot some more balls at Hilton just by himself and, and another manager. I think Shun was going to go out with him at, at, at some point. But that's dedication. And that's that to me shows that that Jaron knows that they're going to need him. They're going to need his 13 points a game or so. They're going to need maybe two three pointers or, or more um uh tomorrow night. I mean K State's K State likes to get back in transition and the key to this thing is going to be Iowa State defense, of course. But uh they're still gonna have to score some score some points um tomorrow night. It's it's gonna be I, I it's, this is this whole schedule thing is is just crazy the way the the big the Big Twelve is up is set up and and the way um, it's the uh, you know analytically the best conference in the in the country and um, all these teams in the top ten, top fifteen, top twenty five. Um, I mean, K State for example is four or five, whatever it is, five or six someplace in there this week. That's two top tens in a row that Iowa State will face at home. The last time Iowa State faced top tens consecutively. In Ames was 2016, top-ranked Oklahoma, um, something-ranked Kansas. Iowa State beat them both, and TJ was an assistant on that team. That was Probe's first year. TJ was an assistant on that team, and that team had Matt George, um, who Matt George, um, Nas, um, Monte Morris, Monte, Ab- yeah, Abdul it, Nader. It, Nader, that's what I couldn't think of. Yeah, that team was loaded too. I don't think this team's quite that loaded. But um, um, yeah, that's the last time top tens have come to Ames consecutively. So you know how how I, how uh, Hilton was last Tuesday night when when Texas was here. Um, I'm imagining I, I'm imagining the crowd will be similar to that on Tuesday, minus the um, Tyrese Hunter factor. I don't think there's any of those factors with with um with k-state i know there's not yeah i think with 
with Caleb out, you know, Jaron and Gabe will obviously have a bigger burden and more responsibility. And I asked Gabe about it after the game and he kind of demurred on it as you would expect as, you know, just got to do our job and all that. But to me, like those two have got to probably do more, but the ones where you can maybe you have the most room or the most opportunity to pick up the slack to me is Trey King and Damarian Watson. I think that is where you, where if you're going to make up for it, to me, that's where it's going to come. And obviously they don't play the same position or the same style as Caleb Grill. But I think that that big wing, the that small ball four, kind of wherever you want to put them, I think they're both probably more wings where if you can get those corner threes from Damarian Watson, if you can get him to hit the glass and pick up, you know, some of that garbage on get those and ones like he got against Texas – I think that's huge, and I think if you can get Trey King to get something similar and maybe rein in his shot selection a little bit, I think in the second half and certainly on that last or second-to-last possession, I thought his shot selection was a little looser than Iowa State would probably like. You know, I think he's been playing really well. But to me, like, that's where can you get a little bit extra production out of those positions because you're probably going to have to play – different stylistically and from a roster construction standpoint when you take Caleb Grill out of the equation. And, and I think Lipsy's got to stay out of foul trouble. And I think he only ended up finishing with three against Oklahoma State. So they probably could have been a little bit more aggressive with him. But, you know, he picks up the two. They take him out. They do go back to him with the two in the first half. Then he picks up the quick third. It was just kind of a little discombobulated. And I think Jaron Holmes for – five, six, seven minutes at point guard over the course of 40 minutes is probably okay. I get a little nervous when it gets beyond that because I don't think it's his strength, number one. And you're taking him away from his strength by doing that, taking him off the ball, which makes Iowa State better. You know, you're putting him at a position he's worse at, and then you got to fill the position he's better at with somebody else, you know, down the rung there. And I think that's where when you lose Caleb especially – that is heightened or that's you know, that's put under a spotlight even further. And, you know, I would imagine that Taman will be fine. Like he doesn't commit a lot of fouls. I think that was more uh, out of the norm than anything, but it just, it got, it got put under the limelight there with no grill being on the road, blowing a 16 point lead and against a team that just plays up into your grill, no pun intended for, I, they want to do it for 40 minutes. I felt like Oklahoma State kind of sleptwalked through the first eight or ten minutes of that game before figuring out how to get back to where they like to play because I think what we saw for the last 30 minutes of the game is much more what Oklahoma State has been all season long, especially when Cissé is healthy. So uh, Lipsy's got to stay out of foul trouble. I think you hope for some good shooting from Kalsher and Holmes, and then you hope you can get something offensively and defensively from King and uh, Watson. And then, Randy, the guy that we haven't even talked about who I thought was spectacular for big stretches on Saturday was Oshun Oshuni. Like, he was awesome. Like I, In the first half, he looked like the Big 12 player of the year. Obviously, that was only for 10 minutes of the game. But, man, like, if you, they can get that level of production of him or 75% of that production over a course of a game, like, that – that is a major weapon on both ends, the way he was blocking shots and scoring around the basket. He was, he was, um, yeah, it was his, I th- it was his best game. And he's really coming on offensively as of late. And, and somebody asked him about that today during the, during the press conference. And he gave the answer that we've heard so many players give um, that they, it's extra shooting in the gym, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
But we've heard other players say that. But this time, but this time that we've seen the results. We've seen the results of what of what that is. And I think you and I, at the last time we had a press conference on whatever, a midweek press conference before a game, you and I both saw who were the ones out on the court long after everybody else was in um, had had practices over? Who were the two that were out on the court? It was the St. Bonaventure guys. It was mm-hmm. Shun, and it was it was Jaron Holmes. They're out there for an hour shooting with with um, the managers. I think um, Jr. might have been out there with them also. So um, they're they're devoting themselves themselves to. This is it for them, I think. I don't. I don't know if any if they've got eligibility left after this year. Um, they came here to to get better, and they've done that. They came here also to get an NCAA tournament bid. They they're going to do that, I would suspect. Well, and Randy, I think they also came for games like tomorrow night, where you've got a top exactly. ten team coming in. You've got yes. first place on the line, and obviously, like I remember, I don't. You weren't in Kansas City for Big Twelve. Uh, media day, but I asked Jerome Tang, like, hey, how much uh, harder did TJ Otzelberger make your job with the the turnaround in year one, where I would say goes from two and 22 to the Sweet 16? And he laughed and said, you know, he made everybody's job harder. Well, damn, Jerome Tang's making it even harder for the whoever comes next with them in first place, a top 10 team. Pretty shocking, I think, to see Kansas State here, Randy. What are you expecting Tuesday night? And what are your thoughts on what Tang's done here uh, in year one? Tang's been great. I mean, my gosh. That that whole that whole program is is is. Um, I've seen some. I've seen a game or two on TV, and I know I know somebody that, that goes to Kansas State home games, and there's more energy in um, at the octagon of doom. It's it's more like the octagon of doom now than it than the octagon of gloom that it that it was um, that it then had then it had become. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's it's and what Jerome Chang's done is is part of the whole thing that that's that that has has the Big Twelve atop um atop all the all the metrics as far as um, the best the best conference in the country. So he's done a, he's done a great job. I was reading Bill Self quotes after Saturday's Pete down against. Uh, TCU and somebody asked Bill Self about the about the conference and and Bill Self says that right said right now and I think this is probably before Iowa State's game at Oklahoma State Bill Self said that uh, that TJ and Jerome Tang are right now um, in no specific order are the leaders for Big Twelve Coach of the Year and and would certainly be under consideration for for uh, national national Coach of the Year so. Um, yeah, these this is uh, um, this is a whole new new thing going on right now with Kansas State also being also being good and and I don't think West Virginia is going to um, continue floundering around like it is and I don't know what to think of excuse me of 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 uh, of Texas Tech but but certainly eight of the ten teams right now can can play with anybody nationally. Yeah, it has been as good a year. You know, I mean, I feel like we say this every year where it gets tedious, just how good the league has been, but it's it's unequivocally true. It's been well, fantastic. Let's not forget Houston's coming in next year too, dude. Yeah, and like I think the league is probably – and we. I feel like we always say this in January and change our minds come March. Like I don't know that 
the league has the elite level teams that maybe we've seen in previous years, at least from a probably an NBA talent perspective. But I think from the bottom is as strong as it's been. You know, there's no, there are no gimmies, and you know, Texas Tech is zero and seven or whatever. But you know, I don't think they're great, but they're definitely not like the absolute, you know bottom feeders we've seen in this league before where Iowa State's been it a couple times, West Virginia's been it, Kansas State's been it, where they're not horrible, horrible, like fire the coach immediately midseason always, but there's been teams where it's like they're not capable of competing in the Big 12. And I don't think that's true of West Virginia or Texas Tech at the moment, but, you know, we've still got a thir- two-thirds of the year to for let this thing shake out. Um when we come back, though, we're going to talk about a season that is reaching its conclusion with Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers set to play in the NFC Championship game this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. When we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson. If you missed the first segment of the show, we talked all about Iowa State men's basketball weekend against Oklahoma State. The uh, assumed loss of Caleb Grill for Tuesday night's game against Kansas State with first place in the Big 12 on the line. If you miss that, be sure to get to your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Overcast, you name it. We're there. You should be there, too. Subscribe to the podcast. You won't miss a minute of Randy's incisive insight every single week. And now, Randy, we're going to talk about a former Cyclone, as uh, I think... Iowa State fans and the Iowa State community have really rallied around Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, taking San Francisco now to seven straight, I believe, victories, 7-0 and as a starter, has them in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles with the Super Bowl 60 minutes away for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Randy, put this in perspective for us. How impressive is this? Hey, it's man, it's off the charts. Um, like you said, going from the the last pick of of the NFL, what it shows me is is that uh, there's no, you know, people said Brock Purdy didn't have a a strong enough arm. They said he wasn't big enough. They said he wasn't quick enough. They said they said this, that, and the other thing. Huh? What do they know? Um, they don't. They don't know. And this is going to really sound cliche, and but they don't know what's what kind of heart he's he's got, and and. That's kind. Of, that's kind of what it what it shows me. And you get into the right system, which Brock did at Iowa State. You get into the right system with Shanahan and the 49ers, You can thrive. And Brock Purdy has not been asked to do anything out of his comfort zone. And he's 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 managed a team that just happens to have a lot of. Offensive and defensive weapons on it. He's managed that team. He's seven and zero, like like you said, as a, as a starter, and and we'll see what what uh, what happens um, on 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 Sunday. It was it was a, it was a, uh, a joy sitting back in my chair on Saturday or on Sunday just watching 
um, that game. First time I'd watched an NFL, an NFL game from start to finish in maybe like ever. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was real, just, just sitting back and watching, watching Brock and, you know, had I, would I've done it if Brock would have been playing? Heck no. But, um, um, yeah, the, it's a, it's, if, if it's not the best story going in the NFL right now, I don't know what is, you know, maybe that, you know, just add to it the fact that he's throwing to, to Kittle. I mean, that, I just love watching those those guys banter back and forth. It's it's just it's just so much fun watching that team play right now. Yeah, and you know, it, it is also funny how much this you know history might not you know repeat itself, but it rhymes. Like how much of this is reminiscent of how he came to prominence in Iowa State, where you have an injury. He's a third string quarterback when he starts his freshman year at Iowa State. You have the injury to Kyle Kemp, and then you know Zeb Nolan just not being able to get the job done. That paves the way for him to go. I think he won his first four games. Um, then now at San Francisco, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo both get hurt. He comes in. Now he's won seven straight games and is the toast of the town, much as he was the toast of Ames back in 2018. Now certainly doing it with a much higher degree of difficulty, a much uh, much higher stakes involved, and a much, much, much bigger microscope that he's under at San Francisco when you're talking about you know how big that market is in terms of both media and fan interest, how just absolutely massive the NFL is, and then how massive the NFL playoffs and a Super Bowl trip are. Like This is a guy doing it in the most difficult, highest stakes position you could ever ask a rookie quarterback to accomplish it. And obviously he is in a good system, a good setup with lots of weapons and a coach in Kyle Shanahan that obviously knows what he's doing with offense and quarterbacks. So it is like the perfect setup for him. Uh, but, you know, you still got to go out and you got to complete the passes and you've got to lead the team and you've got to draw respect from the veterans around you. Uh, so obviously for Brock Purdy, this has been a storybook. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, Philadelphia is not messing around either with what they did to the Giants on Saturday night. And then you've got another juggernaut on the other side of this thing, if they are making it to the Super Bowl, where either you've got Patrick Mahomes or, you know, another Ames native, another Ames connection and Joe Burrow, longtime Ames resident, Joe Burrow, uh, waiting on the other side in the Super Bowl. Dude, you've got, you've got all four quarterbacks, all four starting quarterbacks have ties to the, to the big 12. Okay. Well, here's the other deal here, Randy, if they make the Super Bowl, it's in Brock Purdy's backyard. Backyard. I know. Scottsdale. So there's a, There's a lot to do here. Obviously, going to be an interesting uh, couple days for San Francisco and certainly for all the Iowa State fans that have become 49ers fans. Be sure to check that out. We'll have plenty of coverage over at DesMoinesRegister.com with not to mention a men's basketball and a women's basketball program uh, that are playing both at a high level right now on DesMoinesRegister.com. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.